2: This happened just seconds ago, more madness for the Cleveland Browns as they try to fix their coaching staff.
3: We are anticipating a news conference coming from Berea, Ohio, addressing the moves the Browns made today to fire head
1: coach Hugh Jackson and also offensive coordinator Todd Haley.
2: Sources tell me that offensive coordinator for the Browns, Todd Haley, has been fired. The decision to fire Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley, and then replace them with Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens. Man, it is a a wild day in Cleveland. Uh, Maybe not the most, uh, uh, maybe not what we all expected, uh, but certainly a very Browns kind of day.
3: Emergency podcast. Yep, the Browns have fired Hugh Jackson, their head coach, and their offensive coordinator, Todd Haley, and we are here. We The heroes had to unite to discuss it. Dan Hansis, uh, along with Mark Sessler. And yes, Mark Sessler's okay. Everybody on Twitter that's asking if, if Mark's okay, he seems okay right now. Uh, the, the mailman, Chris Wessling. And uh, on the bat phone for this emergency podcast is Greg <laughs> the Hammer Rosenthal. Greg, <laughs> you there as well. Why am I the Hammer? It's a it's a wrestling ref. Fair
4: question, Greg but, the Hammer. But bouncer. I kind of like
3: Greg the Hammer. Rosenthal. Sounds good. Uh, so Greg's on uh, via the phone, uh, and you know it's serious business uh, when we assemble on a Monday to talk about the news. Mark, we're going to start with you on this. Uh, your uh, your feeling when you uh, heard the news? Uh, how surprised were you that it happened today?
1: The, the, we've been working here, Dan, since 2010, and this is the fifth time this has happened to the Browns. Wow, I mean, this is this, so. I, I
2: think which is more head coaches than the Steelers have had since we were born.
3: This is what they do. Is <laughs> it true that it's all after Steelers losses too? All past five? six. <gasps> it's amazing. The past six.
1: I mean, this was always. I think the ups. It's it's interesting when the firing of the assistant coach is more surprising than the firing of the head coach. This was always the powder keg going into this season. The one thing that you felt like with Cleveland, despite all the optimism, was just hanging out there as this variable and this big concern was Hugh Jackson's tenuous nature as head coach. And I guess it got this far, and I'm not surprised to see changes because the thing that haunted Hugh Jackson for so long, and it began, I think, last season and really dug into this one, was the whispering, the gossiping, the infighting. When you can't control your building enough... To in your own mouth, to not go out on out on in front of the press and talk about Todd Haley and your his play calling, and you saw it in Hard Knocks, you saw it now. It just seemed like there's just been too much drama. It's so similar to so many previous regimes, and here we are once again. I don't find it surprising in the least.
3: Wes, you we talked about just on Sunday show the Steelers. They thrive on drama, but they win. The Browns right. they have never-ending drama. They lose, and uh, you put those two things together, it's pretty terrible.
2: Well, I would add to the list of grievances against Hugh Jackson that what we also saw on Hard Knocks was very little buy-in, I thought, from the players or the coaches. His in-game strategy was among the worst I've ever seen. His handling of quarterbacks, especially the yo-yo he kept Deshaun Kaiser on last year. Uh, The offense was horrible, and that's his calling offense – for whatever reason, he could not find a kicker who could make kicks. Um, his coaching staff that he assembled, you saw in the preseason, Greg Williams and Todd Haley didn't get along, much less Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley getting along. I just think like the list of reasons to keep Hugh Jackson were very small, and the reasons to get rid of him was, was a litany of reasons.
3: And Greg, uh, Baker Mayfield, the report comes out from Rap Sheet, Ian, who's been busy all morning, uh, that... Baker Mayfield, not the most upset guy in the world uh, that Hugh Jackson's out the door. And when you don't have a good relationship with the number one pick that is the heart of the organization now, you really have no chance.
4: Yeah, and Mayfield's presence makes everything better. And this season is about him developing, and it's going to make the job more attractive. And now, now everyone will eventually get excited about the Browns again. But it just, all of that makes me more annoyed that Jimmy Haslam and the team didn't fire Hugh Jackson last January 1st. It was it was pretty obvious. This isn't second-guessing. This is something that we talked about as a fairly likely scenario, uh, a midseason firing pretty much throughout the offseason. And it raises questions about whether the organization is going to make the right choice because they continually don't make the right choice. You mentioned all the coaches. I mean, just since Haslam came in six years ago, they've had you know four of those coaches and they've also had they fired Heckert, Michael Lombardi, Ray Farmer and Sashi Brown. So that's all in 6 years and now they're going to have another press conference where they try to sell the fans that this is you know the right move and this is the new beginning, but they were doing that to explain why Hugh Jackson was staying 6 months ago and as recently as last night according to reports you know, they were still going back and forth about whether which one of the two guys to fired, which is, just seems like an insane position to put yourself in that you haven't learned anything from all the mistakes that they've made over the last six
3: years. There's always, with the Browns, when these things happen, there's always something uniquely Browns to it. And this was the buildup to what happened today, was what was reported Sunday morning in various outlets, including by NFL media. That it was, is, is it Todd Haley that's going to go? Is it the head coach that's going to go? Then they fire the head coach, and an hour or so later, they fire their offensive coordinator. So it was a power struggle where no one wins, and it just, again, seems like they don't quite know what they're doing, Mark, behind the closed doors there.
1: Hugh Jackson won the Sashi Brown power struggle, and they brought in John Dorsey. But when when the same guy's involved in one power struggle after the next, you just have to start to look at that guy, and I think that's what happened here. I think that the power struggle this time was one – A, by John Dorsey, but also Baker Mayfield. You can't have Baker Mayfield having to side with the offensive coordinator or the head coach. The only bright spot I see here in terms of going forward, because, again, I am out of optimism as a Browns fan. I just want to wait and see what they do. There's none of this. Don't spin me a narrative about what's next and how we've had clear thinking here. The thinking could not be muddier from the summer on and going on to last season. If you had fired Hugh Jackson last January, you would have had an impossible job getting someone in here. There's a lot of reasons to like this job if you're someone looking to become a head coach. And it will be the first time, I believe, since the very beginning the Browns were reborn in 1999, where an in-place general manager will pick his head coach. They've never had that. It's always been the coach inherited a new GM or vice versa, and they've never gotten along. And that's the opposite of the steel. It's the opposite of, in many ways, the Ravens. And the other teams in this division, like them or not, have been consistent. Cleveland has always been flip-flopping with incumbents and new hires that couldn't see eye to eye. This may be the one chance, if you're John Dorsey and you get the right guy, to start anew. But I am tired of hearing myself say that, and anyone hearing this should be tired of that too.
3: Listen, uh, we have a missive released by the, the Browns after the firings. Uh, went public a statement from Dean and Jimmy Haslam. We greatly appreciate Hugh's commitment to the Cleveland Browns organization over the last two and a half years. We understand how critical this time period is in the development of our football team individually and collectively and believed it was in the organization's best interest to make the move at this time in order to maximize our opportunities the rest of the season. We certainly only wish Hugh, Michelle, and his family the best moving forward. In addition, Todd Haley has been relieved of his duties as offensive coordinator. It's quite a last sentence. (laughs) There's no warm send-off for Todd Haley. just wonder what was going on uh, behind closed doors with Todd Haley. He must have really not been well-liked to get the boot here, too.
2: Well, Ian Rappaport reported that he was, quote, going rogue with his play calling of late, I guess, against Hugh Jackson's wishes. He was basically just doing whatever he wanted to do. Wasn't that the power that he was given, though,
1: essentially with the job? I mean, do you think they at one point wanted to keep him around And when he found out that Greg Williams was going to be – Named the interim. He just said, I'm out. I and mean, we have done. By the way, Kyle too. Shanahan did the same thing. He wanted nothing to do with this team after all the chaos went down a couple years ago.
2: There's another report, this one from Mike Silver, that the organization wanted to fire Todd Haley in September, but Hugh, Hugh Jackson stepped in and saved his job at that point. I mean...
3: Greg, this was... Uh, you huh? and I are hard knocks files, and... Um, One of the great things about the show is every once in a while, it doesn't happen every season, but every once in a while you end up learning something about the team uh, through that show, and then you get to almost see it all play out. And I'll never forget episode one, the season premiere of the Browns Hard knock season, uh, when Todd Haley was being openly... Oh, it so it, he knew the cameras were on him. He knew the mics were on him, and he was openly challenging the head coach on the coach's decision of um, how he wanted to. By the way, I'm turning to where you sit, Greg, as I'm talking to you, <laughs> even though there's no one there. Uh, he was he was openly challenging Hugh on on, on his coaching decisions. And I thought that in the moment it was like, wow, there is a lack of respect in this room for the head coach. That's what one in thirty-one does. And then when the losing happened again and again, the Browns
4: started losing this year, two-five and one. It all came to a boil to me. It's why teams don't want to be on hard knocks, and it's one—it's one of the reasons why this hard knocks was good because I think they gave such great access in Michael Silver's report that he, you know, made that Hugh Jackson helped save Todd Haley's job in September. I mean, this was Hugh Jackson's hire. So it just it kind of gets to the whole idea of letting Hugh Jackson run this team for another year was a colossal waste of everyone's time to the point where his, his own hire essentially led to his undoing. And I know, yeah, there'll they'll be a more attractive job for the next set coach, but I, I honestly don't put much into that because, A, you just have to choose the right coach, whether it's an attractive job or not. And a lot of the coaches that have turned out to be the best are not that attractive Bruce Arians being one Sean McVay was a guy who no one was really looking into so I don't know whether that is going to help them pick a, a better coach or not I just hope for all of our sakes and Baker Mayfield's sake that they do because I think Mayfield will ultimately make the job easier and make the organization easier to stomach for for Mark
3: Mark is this a good day for the Browns ultimately
1: I think it's an inevitable day. I mean, it's it's never good that they that all the stuff that we think about Cleveland in a negative way. The turnover when every other team that's successful finds a way to build building a good football team should not be harder than you know solving major human illnesses and creating world peace. But the Browns make it seem that way, and it's it's good only if the next decision is successful. And there's literally no way to know that. I agree with Greg, you have to find the right coach, but they have hired every possible type of coach. It's almost like someone on the dating scene where you're attached to someone, that doesn't go well. So you swing so far on the pendulum to a different type of person to have a different type of relationship, that doesn't go well. You boke back again. They've hired every type of <laughs> coach true. you possibly can. So Which I, begs the question... And I know Hugh probably Maybe the Browns guy. are the issue In this now, is
3: relationship it, it, Maybe it's not the head coach Maybe it goes above uh, Above what the head coach does Well that would it's be always fair. the owner
2: In that all sports It's the top of the food chain And you can look at this draft class The rookie class And say the Browns have identified Their future quarterback Running back Number two receiver Left tackle Linebacker Cornerback And maybe even guard As future starters Now it's to be determined whether they're stars or below-average starters or above-average starters, but that's a hell of a draft class. You can look at it optimistically, and then you say, all right, I'm ready to trust this team, provided Haslam turns the corner, and the, the guy who stepped in to draft Johnny Manziel, the guy who wanted to give up a second and a third for A.J. McCarron, the guy who oversaw Hugh Jackson averaging one win per season for three years, which no one in the NFL had ever done, This guy decides to turn the team over to a poisonous personality in Greg Williams. And to me, that's why it's not a good day for the Browns because the only coach I can take less seriously than Hugh Jackson in the NFL is Greg Williams. And you decided that this is what you're going to do? A guy whose style might fit a defensive room? but can never fit an offensive room and cannot fit what's good for Baker Mayfield. I like. I was all prepared to cut the Browns a break and say this is a good day, we're turning the page, and then you do that? Well, the Vontaze Perfect of NFL head coaches is going to run your team? So are you?
3: So are they essentially punting on the season by putting installing Williams? Is that is that kind of how to look at, are they trying to save the season or are they just kind of saying that's it? I don't think they're
1: saving the season. You just don't want to ruin these players that you brought in but what could they have done i mean it, here's the thing that there was if haley was this issue too who when you ever you go interim head coach literally any human being on the planet I mean, other Wes, than greg I, williams. I get that you i know you're I'm i am not alone i'm not alone here so, i'm not i don't support i don't support greg williams at all it's just that the season is a wash and and greg williams is not the plan for the next 5 years but He's probably shows, out the door but shows it
2: shows the ongoing problematic decision-making with the top of the food chain. I agree, and the problem
1: with with sports is that the owner, there's no referendum on the owner. The owner isn't fired. The owner sticks around, and the owner's now on to his fourth coach, and that's a major issue in Cleveland. I
3: think we're all in agreement. That Bob Wiley was the best choice, but they just couldn't do that. They couldn't pull it off. He's they, got they, for, too many. He knees. probably said no. He said no. I got a bunch of Lamborghinis. It's too high maintenance. And, and my belly's awesome. I'm just. <laughs> I'm, I'm. not. I'm not fit for this job. Uh, but I do wonder, Greg, and i What do you think about this? Because the ownership is a major part of what the the Browns' issues, and what we were. What was reported was that ownership was behind Hugh, even as early as this morning, and uh, the GM was behind Haley, and ultimately the decision was made. To fire the coach is this possible? The owner said, "Well, all right, you could fire Hugh, but I'm not letting your guy be the interim head coach that's either." Messy. And then it's like, if that's what's happening, it just shows you the the schism and the dysfunction is at like all time levels. If if it was that, it was almost like, well, if you're taking away my toy, I'm taking away my yours as well. I hope that's not what's happening here.
4: I I think it's it's partly what's happening. They're not making a decision. I mean, that's what keeping Hugh Jackson felt like was not really making a decision, and then this one not choosing between Haley and Jackson is kind of not making a decision other than admitting to everyone that they made this entirely wrong decision the last time out in, in January. I mean, unless, unless there's someone in the building that believes like Freddie Kitchens is the next, uh, Sean McVay, but I haven't heard a lot of that hype, although it's probably coming.
3: You, you don't not get yet. that sense, but not yet. Greg Williams, by the way, has been there DC since last year, He's been in the league since 1990. He was a head coach... Uh, from 2001 to 2003 with the Bills. So it's not like you're handing the reins over to somebody that's in over their heads or doesn't know how to sit in the big chair. It's just more an optics I mean, thing. Yeah, he Greg was- Williams was the face of one of the biggest controversies in the history of the league, Bounty Gate. Uh, and then you've seen him. He's actually been on three major NFL films productions in the last two years, where he kind of comes off as a joke, quite frankly. So it's just, it, it is a very Browns move. So you you the two guys in the power struggle, both fired, then you install maybe the least likely guy to get an interim job that you could imagine if you had to pick and, someone. And Wes,
1: like I am not, just again, I don't, I totally hear you on Greg Williams. I'm not backing the guy at all. I, I feel like people were saying players are losing faith in the Hugh Jackson message. Well, that seems to happen to Greg Williams around season two as well. And so the whole thing, the whole staff is going to be gone. And if they, if they wanted to hire someone other than, Greg Williams, it's going to either be his son or it's going to be someone deeper down like a Ken Zampezi or an Al, Sa- Al what's Sanders. What's wrong with Al Saunders? I don't know. But but this is not an organization that we trust to make good decisions right now. So they've made another one that is highly questionable. And the team may fade into total unwatchable status in the next They played the Chiefs on Sunday. How will that go?
2: Well, you, <laughs> you unwatchable, you, you you know, Freddie Kitchens is a Bruce Arians guy and he's a Todd Haley guy. Um but as far as my research is, has gone, he's never called plays in the NFL.
1: And what do you do, change the entire playbook on Wednesday before you play the Chiefs we are going to put up 40 points on you?
2: I like Byron Lefwich.
3: I think he, he could be your coach in
4: January. Keep him moving <laughs> well, up the ladder. He could be your Jets coach. about, How about that. Uh, <laughs> about keeping Greg Williams and these draft picks that look great, and they do have a great defensive core with Agba and Ward and Garrett and – ogan Joby and, and you would think most of those especially Garrett and Ward are going to be fine regardless of the coach but some of those are drafted because Greg Williams you know liked them and they fit his scheme and they're all going to be in a new scheme next year because Greg Williams is going to be there
1: which is essentially every Browns offensive defensive player since year 2000
3: uh and it, you know just to put a bow on this it's it is Mark, it has to be frustrating i know you you try to distance yourself from it but you are a highly passionate Browns fan Really, the most passionate fan of a team that I've ever known in my life, and from that Thursday night when I was in the pit of despair after the Browns beat the Jets, uh, to just six weeks later, or whatever it is, it just—just just when you think they're going to turn the corner, they—they they don't. But the, here's the one ray of light I'd say: you—you guys—you blew the quarterback situation uh, with Carson Wentz. You eventually got it right. It looks like with Baker Mayfield, maybe. They blew it by not firing Hughes sooner, but they end up landing the guy that they always wanted in January. It is, you're back to this hope cycle, but you got to get the coach in place and you got to just hope the owner and ownership and the GMs, they learn from these mistakes because it's just not a good look. You
2: have to build a team that doesn't peak in week three. <laughs> you have you have blue chippers now. And this is, this is what's different about This Browns roster. Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett are blue chip talents. Baker Mayfield looks like it. Nick Chubb could be that kind of guy. We don't know yet. And you've got, to me, I trust John Dorsey. His his guys did a great job in the offseason. I think, you know, the question is above John Dorsey. As long as John
1: Dorsey isn't sitting in his office right now realizing that he's in a power struggle with the owner endlessly right. as well. I like, didn't even want to, bring, next, it no, want to the, bring it up. That's the note. I
3: didn't want to bring it up. That's fair. Is this, is, are we going to get a missive in January that John Dorsey's been relieved of his duties? Then you're, then you're back to bit.
1: square one. I mean, the all, the thing is, there is more talent here than there was 12 months ago. A lot more. That's what you hang your hat on. But they've hired the wrong coach 250 times in a row. I mean, come on. I am not <laughs> I think... able to look at this logically sometimes. I'm a little annoyed.
3: <laughs> um, let's... let's um, Let's say goodbye now to Greg. Do you have any final thoughts, Greg? I know you are a busy man. You're, you're doing your thing. You're writing some huge acts and stuff. yeah,
4: the debrief. Check it out on NFL.com. And um, shout out to Greg uh, Williams. You know, the Double D community you know, <laughs> has always had mixed feelings about him. Greg Popovich definitely gets it done. But we're hopeful he can turn the corner.
3: What a community it is. And I, my last thought is, you know, a lot of hot takes on Twitter. Uh, as though there always are around the Browns. And uh, the hottest, though, Mike Greenberg of ESPN, who had this to say, Baker Mayfield's agents should demand a trade. That kid has some magic, and they're going to ruin him. Wait, give me the miss of music again here, Cam. <laughs> Baker Mayfield's agents should demand a trade. That kid has some magic, and they're going to ruin him. For the good of the sport, the hashtag Browns. Should let him go.
1: You know what you do mm. if you're <laughs> let John him go! Dorsey. Let him go. If you're John Dorsey, sell him to the Patriots for a conditional 2024 20, seventh rounder to go to fit well with Josh Gordon, then go beat the Bills 47 to three tonight on Monday Night Football.
3: And you know it's especially rich this Greenberg character, a Jets fan. Calm down, Mike. Please. Calm down a little bit.
4: It, speaking of overpaid talent that maybe should be <laughs> let go, I mean, whoa, <laughs> Bunsen Burner blowtorch. <laughs> uh, oh, no. All right, there goes, Greg.
3: Uh, we'll be back. That's how you close it. We'll be back on uh, Tuesday, tomorrow, with our Twitter show at 1.30 uh, 1 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern, 9.30 in the UK, and then our Wednesday uh, as scheduled audio show. Just get more content. This isn't replacing a show. This is, in addition, that's because it's an emergency podcast.
1: And I am conditionally obligated to thank David Ely for allowing me to do this. This was the terms oh, of me stepping out of my uh, other duties today. So I, could,
3: I could see Ely making that demand. Didn't
1: demand. It's We have a wonderful Implied, relationship. Though. Implied, though. Wonderful relationship, the two of us. David so. Ely, a good
2: man with a big heart.
3: Okay, this got a little weird. Uh, all right, we will be back uh, tomorrow. Like I said, Dan us signing off for a Quiet Storm. Mark's okay, everybody. Stop tweeting fine. and asking. Fine. He's fine. Maybe. <laughs> Wait till he has a couple glasses of wine. The mailman, uh, the old boss, and Camelina behind the glass. Till Tuesday.
2: The cat
0: Calm.